0: Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Crosson, and I'm here to help you build a brand, make an impact, and have some fun on social media. I'm the owner of Fun Love Media, a social media management and content creation agency in Houston, Texas. I'm a wife, a mom of two, and when I'm not working or with my family, you can find me on my Peloton bike, dancing in my Instagram stories, or cuddled up with wine watching The Real Housewives. Please know that this show could include some grown-up language here or there. <laughs> Let's get started. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast. This is your host, Brittany Crosson. How are you doing? I'm so happy to be here with you for episode 24 of the show. Wow. Um First of all, look, let's just start out on a really positive, great note, and let me just say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening over and over again. Thank you for giving me your feedback. Um, your iTunes reviews have been great. Your comments and messages on social media have been great, and I I just love it. I love it so much. I love making this show for you guys, and I'm so happy you're here. Um, okay. Moving on to a little real talk real quick before we dive into this amazing guest that I have this week um, is, you know, we're still in the middle of Corona quarantine time. It is April, 2020. So if you are listening to this in the future, you remember, you remember April of 2020. How could you forget? Um, it's, um, It's a wild time. I just like you know, I've said the past several weeks, I want to go ahead and send out love to anyone that needs any extra right now, which is probably everyone. I know that it's, it's not easy for anyone, but it's especially difficult for a lot of people and for a lot of business owners. This is, uh, this has not been an easy time for a lot of you uh, small business owners out there. And I feel for you and I send you love and support. If you listen to episode 20 of the show, then you heard my suggestions on things that uh, business owners could be doing on social media during this time to try to help their business. And one of the things that I talked about that I'm actually starting to see some of you guys do is um, I was talking to the restaurant industry and talking about how um, I I can't imagine, first of all, how difficult it is for you. I don't, I, I am not in the industry, so I'm sure it's extremely difficult, but I had these suggestions of using social media more, of course, now that people aren't able to come into your restaurant at the time, ta- at this time, but also to be making videos of you actually making some of your food and giving away a recipe or two, um, and keeping people engaged and craving your food because they're going to come and eat it they're going to come and they're going to pick it up, but they're also going to come back inside your restaurant whenever they can. And I'm starting to see more and more business owners do that. So bravo. Very good. I love it. Um, and anybody that's afraid of giving away a a restaurant recipe, um, don't be (laughs) okay. Like Seriously, they're just going to be like, oh, I got the recipe, so I'm never going to the restaurant again. Not going to happen. You know, you know how people are. They want to go to the restaurant. They want you to make it for them. They want you to serve them at the table. <laughs> but by sharing uh, you know, recipes on social media right now, the types that people could probably make at home, maybe some of the simpler recipes, easier things to make, um, you are not only entertaining people because people love to watch cooking videos and cooking shows. You are engaging your audience. You're keeping them interested in you. You're having, you're keeping them craving your food. And then, though, if they try to make it at home, it's going to be this really fun, special experience. But then later on, they're going to remember that you make it the best. And yes, they do want to come back to your restaurant and eat it. (laughs) So, anyway, that was just a really big one that's been standing out. So, episode 20, if you want to go back and listen to it, had some, you know, good tips for um, specific industries, different things that you can do right now during this time. And that one was just a cool one that I'm really seeing some more of you do. So yay. Love it. Another cool thing that's been going on in my little world over here is, um, is my new online course. So it's, it, well it came out first of all it, the doors opened last week so this sh- this show comes out every monday so last monday when the last episode came out is when the doors opened to my course social media setup basics and it's the doors are still open as of today as this as this um episode is coming out on monday april 20th of 2020 um it's still open you can still sign up for the course and I'm loving how people are already signing up. I'm loving how people are already joining the Facebook group. There's a special Facebook group for this course. And I know you're like, oh my God, another Facebook group. I can't handle it. Well, let me explain. Um, <laughs> it's really the best way for all of the students of this course to come together and support each other and help each other. And also, you're going to get extra trainings from me for the next four weeks, So it's, I mean, it's, it's a really great and inexpensive investment for your business to get that course. That way you have the tools you need to know exactly which platform you should be on for your business, what you should be doing, like what your, your social media bio should say, how you get your great profile picture, all of that stuff. So you're all like solid, you know, you're going to have all that. Plus you're going to have this Facebook group. You're going to have extra trainings for the next four weeks. It's It's an incredible deal. Um, I highly recommend it, whether you're a beginner or not. If you're not a beginner and you're just like lacking results in social media for your business, you're unsure of something, highly recommend this for you as well. So if you want to grab that, especially because the uh, live trainings in the Facebook group start this week, the week of April 20th, then go grab it. All you got to do is go to BrittanyCrossin.com slash smallbizsocialschool that's BrittanyCrossin.com slash small school and I'll put the um, I'll put the link for that in the show notes okay you guys today's guest is really really great it's Nikki Roush, and Nikki is well she's your sales maven <laughs> she is a sales master and she shared so much good stuff that applies to all of you all of us all business owners can take her words of advice and put them into action to to make more sales right away. She truly put things in a way that really were relatable and that you could truly understand. So that we don't have to be these sales experts. You know, that's why we have somebody like Nikki <laughs> to guide us and to give us that wisdom and that that boost that we need. So this this interview is so valuable for all small business owners. I'm so excited she came on the this, on this show. I'm so thankful. So yeah, let, let's listen. Coming up next is Nikki Roush. So, I want to talk to you real quick about Canva. So, as small business owners, most of us are not like super fancy graphic designers, and it's really not easy to learn complicated software. So, that's where Canva comes in because we all need to make social media posts. We all need to make some graphics. We all need some cover photos, some flyers, some digital art, right? And Canva makes that easy. Canva Pro starts at only $9.95 a month, which is actually a steal, but you can try it for free for 30 days and support the podcast. So all you've got to do is go to socialsunshinepodcast.com slash try Canva pro that's socialsunshinepodcast.com slash try Canva pro. I hope you love it. Today's guest, after 25 years of experience selling to such prestigious organizations as the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Hewlett Packard and NASA, Nikki Roush decided to trade in her road warrior status, y'all. So she could help entrepreneurs sell in a way that builds relationships, creates true connection. You know, I love true connection and results in more closed deals and long-term clients. So now as a sales coach, author, speaker, and founder of Sales Maven, Nikki transforms the misunderstood process of selling into techniques, tools, and tips that can be successfully incorporated into a process replicable by anyone whose livelihood relies on selling a product, which is like all of us. Um, <laughs> and when she's not helping business owners move their clients along uh, the selling, the, excuse me, the selling staircase, as she calls it, Nikki enjoys taking in all the beauty that living in the Pacific Northwest affords her. Welcome to the show, Nikki Rauch. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Thank you. well, I know your time is valuable. I appreciate you taking some to spend with us. Um I know the listeners are in for a treat. like I told you before we started recording i am I am not a sales <laughs> <laughs> So I'm happy to have one here. You are rescuing all of these people uh, and and giving us so much. So I do appreciate you being here. Um before we get started talking selling, I would love to just hear about you and let the listeners hear about you. so um you know, your professional journey, like what clearly in your intro, you know, you used to do something else. How did you Mm -hmm. get to what you're doing now? Well, it really
1: kind of came about from, I had had a lot of success and been in the industry that I was in for a long time. And I had one of those moments. I don't know if you've ever had one of these where life is going really well. Things are good. And on the outside, everybody, if you had asked any of my friends and family, they would have said like, Nikki is living the good life. Like I was making really great money. I was traveling all the time. I got to do really fun things. Um, you know, take clients to Japan and um, take clients to Mexico and like just do all of these like really fun things. But I found myself at some point realizing that there was something kind of missing in my life, but I didn't know what it was. I just knew that. I didn't want to be standing at the same trade show 10 years from you know this period of time and talking to the same people and doing the same thing. Like it it felt like there needed to be something more fulfilling for me. And prior, you know, about six years prior to this happening, I had started studying neurolinguistic programming. And I was, I don't know if you've heard that term before, but it's I have, the study it remind of remind me what it is. Yeah.: Okay, so it's the study of communication. So neuro, the way we process information in our brains. linguistics is the language piece, and then the programming is about habits and patterns. And so the most like the way I describe it is, it's, it's how to add flexibility to your behavior and your conversation in order — and this, I'm, this is my description as far as like how it translates to sales, and it's in order to put the other person at ease, to make the conversation more seamless. And I started studying NLP because I thought it would help me be a better sales rep. And it did. And the bonus was it helped improve my... Just my communication with everybody in my life. So my relationships were deepening and all these great things were happening. So... When I decided to leave the industry, I went to work with my NLP teacher to help her grow her business. She had just moved up to Washington State, where I live. And that was the very first time that I started meeting entrepreneurs because I came from this very corporate background. And it was through meeting entrepreneurs and just kind of falling in love with these people that are... I mean, the thing I love about entrepreneurs is they're super passionate about what they do and what they're trying to build in the world. And they have that servant's heart. They want to just show up and really make an impact and make a difference. And I just wanted to be around them as much as possible. And it was through these like, getting to know some of them that I realized a lot of them struggled with the sales conversation. And sales at that point, to me, felt very natural. It was something I'd been doing for a long time. And I started just kind of offering suggestions when people were open to it of like, here's a tip or here's a technique or, hey, I just heard this person say this to you. It was a buying signal. Here's what I would suggest that you say back. And this is how you move somebody through the process. And it was kind of from doing that, that people were like, wait, can you teach me how to sell? Or can you help me? And I was like okay, like, yes, I'll help you on the side. But people were like, why aren't you doing this as a business? And I felt like I'm like many entrepreneurs and that it was like, well, why would somebody pay me to learn how to sell? Because yes. it's so easy, right? Like if it yes. comes easy to me, it must be easy for everybody else. Yes. So <laughs> my business was really born out of those conversations. And one of my really good friends that I'd met through networking, who was an entrepreneur who was having a lot of success applying the things that I was teaching, she was like, Nikki, just you just have to try this. Like just put yourself out there, make an offer, see if anybody will, you know, buy from you. And you know, here I am coming up onto seven years in business, having the time of my life, still getting to work with entrepreneurs. Seven years. And teaching people yeah teaching people sales. And I love the sales the conversation. I love the relationship piece of sales, and it's just been this amazing wild journey. and I'm having the time of my life doing it that that's
0: <clears throat> excuse me, that is absolutely amazing. And I, I love the way that you start the you've she has already dropped some golden nuggets here, guys, about the whole thing of um why would somebody pay me for that? Like, don't people know how to do this? It's not that special. What, I'm, I, what I know is not that valuable. And it, that is one of the most common things for an entrepreneur or anybody to go through. And I did the same thing in my business. I was like, why would somebody want to help me pay me to help them with social media? Like, don't they just know how to do that on their own? <laughs> and, you, and, and no, everybody doesn't no. know what you know, and what you know is valuable. Yes, so
1: true. And I coach my clients through this all the time. The things that, and somebody said this to me years ago, she was like, the things that come easiest to you are often the things you should charge the most for. And I have found that to be true in my business. Like, you know, I didn't really know this about myself until I started coaching more people, but I have a knack for language and conversation. And I have a way of how to phrase something so that it lands really lightly to the other person. It feels really good. It's it's rapport building. And so now, one of the primary things that people pay me to do is to look at their sales language, look at their email communication, look at the messaging that they're going to put out on social media. And I can offer tweaks that, again, for me, this, this stuff feels like wait, not everybody sees this. Not everybody knows this. And people pay me a lot of money to do it. And it's super fun and super
0: easy for me. Yes. Okay. That is awesome. Yeah. You're, you're totally right. It's, that's just, that's not even the topic of our conversation today, you guys, but that's something incredibly valuable. And you have to remember that your knowledge is, is valuable. And that yeah. it is okay to charge people for what you know to do. And you really are helping people that way, like you have been doing. I love that yeah. you started talking with that. Um, <clears throat> okay. So let's let's slide into something that's going to be really, really helpful for all of you guys out there. For me, we are not all sales experts. The, the language like you were talking about, oh my gosh, have we not all seen some disasters on social media? No offense. <laughs> We've all, I've been there too back in the day. it's And... It's it's an interesting tricky thing because we're not all professional perfect writers, right? And we're not all professional perfect salespeople. And I always say it's funny. Good news is that anyone can start a business. The bad news is that anyone can start a business uh, sometimes because you dive into something and you may not be good with words and you may not be good with these things and. It's okay. Got to start somewhere, but we're going to learn some things right now that are going to really, really help us. So the question at hand is, what are the five steps of an effective selling process? So you call it the selling staircase. um, Mm -hmm. And how do you apply them to social media? Can you share those five steps with us? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So,
1: and I just want to comment that this came from, I love structure. So NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, teaches a lot of structure. And I have found that, By being able to put things in a structure, it allows for my clients to easily then implement in their own lives and get results. So this is why I started teaching this five-step process, which I do call the selling staircase, that leads people through the steps and moves them from a place where you go step by step to step, where you actually get to the place where you exchange dollars for services or product. And one of the biggest mistakes that people make is they try to skip steps. So here are the five steps and we'll talk about how this applies in with social media specifically. So step one is the introduction step, right? This is where it's your job to make a powerful first impression. And on social media, just one little like tip around an introduction step is that when you're going to put yourself out there, let's say you're going to do videos or you're going to put photos of yourself out there. Uh, I'm going to keep with video because this one, it's kind of a pet peeve of mine, but I think it's because people don't think about it. That when people are seeing you for the first time on video, that's their first impression. And they're making a lot of judgments. There are studies that show that, you know, it's like a 10th of a second where somebody makes their first judgment. And there are some key things that they're making judgments about. So when you go on video, one of the biggest mistakes that people make in those first Few Like precious seconds is they start to act like they didn't know they were on video. So they're like fixing their hair and like, you know, like looking at themselves in the camera, which they're not now making eye contact with the, you know, with the viewers And it completely disconnects people. So it's a terrible first impression. So, hey, if you're going to put yourself out on video and put yourself on social media, and I do suggest that you do those things, but when that camera light goes on, you're on, It's (laughs) showtime. It's showtime, right? So be ready. Now, I'm not saying that that means you have to be perfect and posed and, you know, all done up or any of that stuff. I'm just saying people are making judgments and they are scrolling through their feeds. And if they're going to stop, like, I will not stop if somebody is like, you know, fixing their hair and like do, I call it duck lips. And they're like, "Mm," like, you know, all that stuff with their makeup. And it's like, Hey, you're on camera. I get it. But you should have checked to see what you look like before you started the video.
0: So that's step one. (laughs) Okay. You guys be prepared whenever you get started. Exactly. That introduction moment is important. That's right. And then now step two is
1: creating curiosity. And this is a step that often is missed in the selling process. So this happens in sales conversations, face-to-face conversations, over the phone, and definitely on social media too. Are you creating curiosity? Are you letting people go like, Hmm, what's that about? Oh, I'd like to know more. So I always um, talk about creating curiosity, that it's the difference between how you call a dog and how you call a cat which I know sounds a little crazy. So stick with me for just a second. But you know, dog calling energy, oftentimes if you want to get your dog's attention, you'll do this thing where you'll be like, come here, boy, come here. Like it's this high pitched, like, oh, I'm trying to like initiate excitement so that the dog comes to you. But if you show up on social media with this dog calling energy of like, Hey, everybody, I want to tell you all about everything that's going on in my life. And I word vomit all over you because I'm so excited about some new opportunity or some new offer. That is dog calling energy. And it turns people off. It makes them go like, Oh, no, thanks. Right? Like keep yeah. scrolling. So instead, you want this cat calling energy. Cat calling energy is that little bit of like, here, kitty, kitty, here, (laughs) kitty, kitty. So, one of the ways that you can create these here, kitty, kitty statements is you want to put something out there that somebody wants to know more about that gives them an opportunity to ask a question, gives them the be like, And it could be something around just making a a post that's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm super excited about this new offering that's going to launch next week." Who would like to know more? Because people are going to go like, "Whoa, tell me more about that." Maybe, or it could be something around like, you know, this just happened, and a client shared that this was their experience, and it was all by applying an approach that I use. And then people will be like, well, what's the approach? Like, what was it? Tell me more, right? And then they can start asking you questions. And now you've got permission to share a little bit more. It's not just, here, let me word vomit, you know, 8,000 words into a post. I don't know if you can actually do that, but like, you know, like a ton of words of like now they have to read and try to find all this information because you feel like I've got to tell them everything. You don't, you just need to tell them enough for them to want more, to like say, yeah, like, oh, tell me about this, or what does this mean, or what's going on, or um, I'm wondering if that's something that I could use in my, you know, business or in my home or whatever it is that you're offering. Right. So create some curiosity, and if you don't know how, it's time to learn. Like all these posts out there that people are like, eh, seen it, just keep scrolling. You've got to stand out. We've got to create some curiosity for people. We have to want people to go like, ooh, I want to take that next step or I want to like at least initiate a conversation.
0: Okay, perfect. I'm, I'm literally taking notes to those of you that are <laughs> listening. I'm actually <laughs> writing all this down. Love it. Okay, so what's number
1: three? So step three is the discovery. Now, this is really where we want to move people off of social media and initiate some type of a real interaction, right? So that could be like a one-to-one type interaction. Like a preferred is is an actual meeting. Because now we've created some curiosity. They've initiated, they've shown a little bit of interest. So I'm going to invite them. To a discovery call or some type of a conversation to get to know each other better and the idea be- behind discovery is it's your job to understand what's the problem what's the need what's the want and ask questions that then lead people down this path to hiring you i want to back up though and say one of the ways that you move somebody from curiosity to discovery is you make it super easy for them to get that next step with you and one of the mistakes that people will make is like hey if you want more information go watch this video or hey if you want more information go visit my website no if somebody indicates that they are interested i want you to send them a private message and say hey is this something you'd like to talk about more and if so let's let's jump on a quick zoom call In case that you like this idea, here are a few possible times and give them times or give them a link that they can go and schedule a time with you. Make it super simple for them to take that next step with you. If you say, go watch a video, go look at my website or go read this, you know, 25 page brochure, they're not
0: going to do it. No, no. You're, I'm so happy you said that. I've, I think I've actually talked about that on a previous episode in, in in a different context, but yeah, making it easy for people to do what you want them to do, what they want to do, reach you, yeah. talk to you, all those things. If it's complicated or if it's some long ass video, that's 14 minutes long. <laughs> they're You're right. They're going to be like, eh, moving on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, somebody,
1: I was showed some interest in something and somebody tagged me and they're like, hey, Nikki, watch this video. It'll probably answer your questions. It was like 30 minutes long. And I was like, I'm not going to watch a 30-minute video that <laughs> might answer my questions. Nobody got time for that. Girl, just answer that question. Like your job is to make it easy for me to get my question answered. Not, right, You know, know, it's not my job to, as the client to do all the work. So once you get them to this place where now we're in a discovery... One of the things I always say in a discovery is make sure you're asking strategic questions. Don't spend a bunch of time like this also drives me a little bit nuts. And I know somebody's teaching this because people are doing it to me all the time. When I get on discovery calls, when I'm in the position of being a client where they're like, tell me where you want to be in 20 years and who do you want with you? And you know, it's like, do you need to know that information in order to earn somebody's business? Like maybe if you're selling a life coaching program, I don't know. But most of us, we don't need to know that stuff. What we need to know is, do they have a need around the things that I offer? So guess what one of the questions is I ask in discovery is, do you know how to create curiosity when you're talking about your business? Guess why? I teach that. That's why I ask that question. Yep. Right. So if somebody says, what do you mean creating curiosity? Well, there's something there, right? That's, that's a potential client. Or if they're like, oh, I am the queen of creating curiosity and it works for me. Well, then maybe they're not a client or I need to ask a different question because if they already know that they can create curiosity, they don't need to hire me for that. Right. Oh,
0: so I love it. Be
1: strategic in your questions.
0: Okay. Got it.
1: Okay. So once you do a well-done discovery... And discovery is another place where people oftentimes struggle. So like I spend a ton of coaching sessions with people going through what are your discovery questions? and are you spending you know an hour with people? because that's too long. Like if you can't do a well done discovery in 30 minutes or less, there's probably a problem. And you're probably coaching, that's the other advice that I give is do not coach during discovery and do not sell during discovery. This is a time to ask questions. Because once you've asked all these really great questions and you have the crux of like, what's their problem? What's their need? What's their want? Now we're going to move them to step four, which is proposal. And the way you move somebody to the proposal is you issue an invitation and it's going to sound something like this. You know, Brittany, based on what we've talked about so far, I do see a couple ways that we might work together. Are you interested in finding out more about that? Simple. Simple. Yeah. Yeah. But if you miss this step, if you just go right into sales mode, sometimes people will be turned off by that. So ask, because the fact of the matter is, is if I ask you that question and you go, Nikki, I'm good. No, thanks. Great. (laughs) Now we can bring that call to a close, bless and release you onto something else. I'm not here to try to convince you to buy from me. I'm just here to offer you solutions of ways to get your need, want, desire met. Right. Right. Perfect. Okay. Love it. So now we've moved them to step four, which is the proposal. And in the proposal, it is really your job to step into a leadership role and recommend what the client needs, not what you think they can
0: afford. And they're different. so glad. That is, yes. Ah, I love it. So glad. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that's amazing. I want you to. That's, That's such a big deal. I went through that whenever I first started doing what I do. And it was like, because I know the people too. That makes it hard sometimes if you kind of start out by, by your circle and people that know you and you're like, Oh, I don't know if I want to charge him that much. He's so nice <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that you said that. Okay. I'm listening. Yeah. So once you,
1: once you, and and then now your job is to recommend the right solution for them. Now, if it's, you know, if the right solution for them is a hundred thousand dollar solution and they're like, well, I was just wanting to spend $100. They're not your client. That's okay. Bless and release those people too. And if what they're saying is like, here's my problem, here's my need, here's here's what I'm looking to have solved. And the solution is your $5,000 option. Don't recommend the $100,000 option. Recommend the right solution for them. Now you can have more than one offer, Although I will say never give more than three to a client when you're in proposal. And even though like I, somebody asked me recently, like how many ways could somebody hire you? And I was like, like counting them on my fingers and I'm like, probably like 15, (laughs) but I would never say that to somebody in a proposal, like step in the selling staircase. I I'm going to recommend up to three possible ways for us to work together and then I'm going to clearly lay that out. And I'm always going to do top-down selling here, by the way. So of the three options that I'm going to give them, if I was going to give three, I'm going to give the most expensive option first, and then I'm going to work my way down. And this is really important. If you start at the, low, the least expensive, from a client's perspective, it's like you're trying to upsell them. But if you start at the most expensive and you work your way down, now what it is is that you're you're explaining to them what they're going to give up to have a lower price. And most of us don't like to have things taken away. So this is a way for somebody to make the right decision for them with this mentality of like, Ugh, but I really need or I really want that first stuff. And maybe I can really only afford like option two. But if you start at option three, they're like, mm, uh, I, you know, the least expensive, like, uh, I don't really need to pay more for those things. But those actually things may be what they really do need. So it's top-down selling always.
0: Oh, okay, good. I'm <clears throat> glad you said that. That's going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, really helpful to a lot of people. Um, and keeping it at just three is also really helpful. Another thing I can speak for myself and probably a lot of you out there in the beginning, I'd be like, look at this list of things I can do. It's amazing. <laughs> Look at all I can do. And you're yeah. right. It's like too much. You have to have that conversation and know what they need first. And I love that yeah. you said to like have, have the confidence to make that suggestion. You, you are, you are the professional you are offering You're the this. expert. Yep, exactly. I love that. Yeah. We got to have confidence in ourselves. <clears throat> yeah. And people want to
1: hire somebody who's an expert. I mean, I can tell you right now, I don't want to hire somebody who's like, I don't really know what I'm doing, Nikki. <laughs> so, you know, pick pick what you think I could possibly do for you. It's like, no, you're the expert. Stand in that place of power. Stand in your credibility. Recommend what you know I need because you're the expert. And then let me decide what's my solution, right? Okay. So, lay it out. And then step five now is the close. And this is super important that you issue close language. So I'm going to say, you know, here are the three ways that we could work together. I'm going to walk you through them. And then I'm going to say, now, based on those three options, which is the best fit for you right now? And then I'm going to zip it. I'm not going to speak. I'm going to say, which is the best option for you right now? And then I wait until you come back and say... I have a question about this, or I really would like to move forward with, you know, option two, or I want to move forward with, you know, option one, whatever it is. But I have to give you that time and space for you to take in what I just laid out and then for you to come back with whatever your response is.
0: Okay. Good. Yeah, zip it. Like you said, zip it because it's and that's not easy to do, especially based upon your personality if you're a talker or whatever. But you got to, you got to calm down and let them. So then if they, they might come back, <clears throat> you're saying, cause they're not, everybody's gonna be like, oh, I know I want option number two. <laughs> so that's the moment where you, they would probably come back with questions. Then of course you answer them and then maybe what kind of get yourself to that point again. So <laughs> yeah, you're okay. going to issue closed
1: language again. Yeah. Okay. So if they mm-hmm. come back with a question, you answer the question and then you invite them to the Like, so, you know, here's your answer to your question. Is this something you'd like to move forward with? Okay. And then I wait again. I zip it again. Yeah. Just give them the time. Like you can go in for the clothes multiple times. Now, oftentimes what people will say is, I need to think about it, which is a common response. Sure. And here's what my suggestion is. And I teach this to all of my clients. They use it. It works. I always say, great. Great about how much time do you think you need? Let's go ahead and schedule a circle back call in, you know, whatever that time frame is, and then that way I can answer any additional questions that come up for you and then we'll talk about next steps of working together. Right? Because if you just say, "Oh, okay, well, let me know when you're ready," they'll never take time to think about it. Not because they don't want to hire you, but because we're busy. We're bombarded with a million things, especially right now. There's so many things coming at us so quickly. That if you don't get on their calendar for that circle back call, if you let it just hang out there, the other thing that happens to you is that you spend all this time and energy like, should I call them today? Should I send an email? Like, what I'm wondering, like, what should I do? And if you're wasting all of this energy, then that's a that's like a energy suck for you as an entrepreneur. I don't want you wasting time and energy. I want you to go, hey, they're on my calendar on Thursday. I don't need to think about it again until
0: then. Right. <clears throat> that's awesome. And and you're kind of it's you're basically not kind of you are keep you're, you're staying on the path. You're staying, you, you know, you're not veering and wondering off, like you said, wondering when I should call them or not, or is it too pushy? Should I email them? Uh, yeah, you it's it's structured, like you were talking about earlier about structure. That is so helpful in these situations, especially being that most of us are not experts in this area. We need to have that structure and know this is the next step in the path. <laughs> Stay
1: on the path. Stay on the path. Make it super easy for people Mm -hmm. to continue down this process with you. The easier you make it for people to work with you and hire you, the more likely they are to say yes. So that's ultimately the goal is how can I make it super easy for the people who need or have a desire for what it is that I offer? Make it super easy for them. And then I get to earn their business because a lot of entrepreneurs unintentionally, put up roadblocks (laughs) like, well, why don't you take some time to think about it? And then, you know, call me next week. And I'm like, oh my gosh, no, no, no. So one of the, you know, the thing, the reason again, around the structure of the selling staircase is that you don't get to skip steps in the selling process. Like as the seller, your job is to move client from step to step to step. Now I will say the one exception is the client can skip steps. So somebody listened to your podcast, they come to you and they're like, Brittany, I heard that you have this offer. Like I'm in, where do I pay you money? I don't want you to go like, hey, wait a minute. I'm not (laughs) sure if we're on step two or three. I want you to say, great, here, I'll take your money and we'll get you signed up for this program. And now we're moving. So the client can skip steps, but you as the entrepreneur, you as the seller, do not skip steps. If you do, you'll often overwhelm, confuse, or frankly, irritate people.
0: Okay. Gosh, this makes so much sense in general for so many people. Like I'm, I'm literally, as you're talking through this, I mean, I've thought about, like I said, mistakes I made in the past, but also I'm actually thinking about people that I know that I've networked with over the years of like, okay, Oh, I saw when that person did that right or that person, Oh, that makes sense that that didn't work out for them. Like, this is wonderful. I'm, I'm really, really connecting with it. I have a little extra question for you if you don't mind. Please. I love questions. So because I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with with the listeners, and I know that there they have a variety of <clears throat> products and services. So, not everybody um, that listens to the show is um, selling a bigger ticket or even a medium ticket item. Okay, so like, there's a lot of people that are in like direct sales, network marketing, um, or even makers. I know a lot of people that are literally making things at home and have their mm-hmm. little shop, and they're a mom or whatever. So, these are smaller ticket items. Um, So, I mean, I know it's, you know, I guess it depends on the situation, but like, can the same overall process and mentality apply whenever you're talking about things that maybe aren't $1,000? Yes. And now maybe you don't have to do
1: as much discovery. Right. Okay. But you still are going to want to make a powerful first impression, the introduction step. You still want to create curiosity about your products or services out into the market. So, or when you're in conversation with people, creating these curiosity you know, responses that have people want more. So that's step two. Discovery, maybe you don't need to do a bunch of discovery other than is this something you'd like more information on? Yes. Great. Then here's how to, here's the different ways to buy it. Of those ways to buy it, which is the best fit for you right now? So now we're in proposal and I just issued closed language. So I just actually went through all five steps and you can go through all five steps with somebody in one conversation. Sometimes. Especially okay. if you're selling like a, you know, a $30 item or a $10 item, you don't necessarily have to spend a bunch of time and, you know, going through like this very strategic discovery session. Um, but it is still like, is this something you're interested in? Yes. Great. Here's my options. This is, you know, now proposal. Yep. Is that something you'd like for for us to order for you today? Yes. That's the close. Great. Now I just have a new client.
0: Right. Okay. So yeah, it's technically still the same, same steps. It's just maybe, um, <clears throat> lesser, lesser time, not yeah, as like elaborate. Condensed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. That's, that's awesome. I, I just, I thought of those people right off the bat. Cause I also know a lot of people listen to the show are, they do similar things to what I do and they work with online marketing or their social media managers and things like that. And they are going to have some Bigger ticket items, but yeah. um, you know, not everybody does. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And then one other kind of pop up question, if you don't mind, relating all this to social media. So I want to make it clear. You said it earlier, but I just want to focus just for a second. You said, really, yes, your social media is a, is an amazing tool. Clearly, but we're trying to also get people off of that, right? So yeah, we don't want to like just only think that magical things are just going to happen on social media just because you post really pretty pictures. (laughs) You have to go through that process, right? To get people into somewhere else. Yes. Because
1: yeah, I think one one, one mistake that people often make is we're like, I'm just going to put out amazing content that people want to follow and people want to like and people want to see. But at some point, if you are not giving people an opportunity to take a next step to, pay you money for whatever it is that you do, if you're never issuing invitations, and that's what I call it, like how you move from step to step to step is that you issue some type of invitation. If you're never issuing any inv- any kinds of invitations or giving people the opportunity to buy, it's really unsatisfying for that person who has some interest. And everybody's like, well, if they want to buy, they'll let me know. No, they won't because they're busy. They're not actually thinking about, should I buy this right now? Yes or no. And we have to pose that question for people, like put it in front of them of like, here's this next offer that we have. Who wants this? Like, who's ready? Should we get this delivered to you on Thursday? Right? Whatever it is. If you're not issuing that type of like next step with people, they won't make a decision. Do I want to buy this? Yes or not? Yes or no? Because all it is is this really amazing content that you've curated and spent a bunch of time and money and energy putting together. There has to be an offer. It is unsatisfying to the other person's brain. And they may not know why they're unsatisfied with you, but chances are, even if you're a maker, even if you are in whatever your business is, there is some competitor out there. I don't think there's anybody that can tell me they don't have some version of a competitor. And if your competitor is going to be the person that issues the invitation, they're more likely going to be the person who earns the business. Right. Okay. So don't let that happen. You be the person who issues the invitation. You be the person that makes it so easy for someone to take a next step with you. And it will be super satisfying to them. And frankly we're dealing with adults, right? So if they don't want to buy, that's okay. I've never, uh, you know, I always say like, I've been in sales for now 25 years and I've issued a lot of invitations. I've asked a lot of people if they'd like to buy from me. I've never had anybody like clutch their pearls and be like, how dare you ask for my business, right? Like nobody's (laughs) ever had that response. But I have had people say like, no. And I've also had people say like, not today. okay. Okay, they come back and hire me you know six months later, or sometimes a week later, like that's okay, but I have to be the person that is constantly making it easy for people to buy from me
0: right, okay, so you actually just touched on something I was just thinking I wanted to ask you um, before before we wrap things up is whenever um, you have you have gone <clears throat> excuse me through the process. Um, through the steps and it went went pretty well but they ended up saying no Mm -hmm. Um, I guess it's always a possibility that you could still work with them later do you just still kind of is it almost like starting back from one like you just start looking for that the um hang on I've got it (laughs) they're like their interest again and then go through the steps again later or I mean, following up later. I don't know how, whatever you want to call that. Yeah. So if,
1: let's say that we get all the way to the close and the person's like, you know, I just am not ready or yeah, "Yeah, like I'm going to pass this time, whatever their reason is. Okay. So what I want you to do in those moments is set yourself up for success. Say to the person, like, take it with, you know, take it like it's not going to be the end of the world. Cause the people who act like, Oh, you're saying no to me. Like it's, it's actually hard sometimes to be the person, the prospect who says no. So the last thing you want to do is create like any kind of uncomfortable, like position for them because at some point they may be ready for it and they won't come back to you because it felt awkward or weird at the end. So if somebody says like, you know what, Nikki, nah, not interested or this isn't for me, I might say to them, you know, if at any point in the future, you change your mind, I would be so honored to work with you. Please know you can come back at any point. And then I I bless and release those people. Now, do I follow up with them again? It depends. Like, are they on my email list? Because if so, they're going to get a sales tip from me every single week or they can listen to my podcast or you know, there's a lot of ways that people can stay engaged and that I stay engaged with them. We can still be friends on Facebook or, you know, or whatever. Um, and then at some point what happens is oftentimes they'll give you a new buying signal. So I didn't go into buying signals here too much. I, I do have a book around buying signals. It's my second book and I have a book on the selling staircase too. So if anybody wants to Like, look into that. But what happens is they'll come back and they'll give you some type of a buying signal. Like, oh, you know, wow, Nikki, I didn't realize that you were doing such and such. Well, now it's my job to issue an invitation to take them to the next step. Like, is this something you'd be interested in? Yes, send me information on it. Great. Now we're back in the selling staircase. So I'm just always on the lookout for buying signals and they come back around oftentimes with people who have gone through the process and said no. A lot of times they'll come back because I'll be like, I don't know about you, but sometimes I say no to things. And then later I'm like, I kind of regret that I said no. Yeah, sure. So maybe I'm going to go back and hire this person and... you know, I think you and I started this conversation talking about somebody that I work with. Like the very first time I ever heard her speak, I didn't hire her on the spot, but I did kind of watch her and I like, you know, followed her and we stayed connected. And then when we had a call, like I didn't again, hire her right on the spot, but eventually I hired her and now I've been working with her for a year and she's amazing and she's changed my life. And I probably should have hired her on the spot when I first heard her speak, but I wasn't ready. And that's okay. It's okay for people to not be ready. And it's okay for you to continue to issue invitations when they give you buying signals. I love that. Okay.
0: Sorry. Um, Okay, good. I I thought that was a really important question to ask, thinking um, thinking about people out there going through that. Because... People are, like you said, they are going to say no a lot. No need to get offended if we don't need to get offended. Um, but yeah, so that's good to know that they might sing you that signal again later and you could go through the process again. or may, And maybe the process will be shorter. Maybe they will skip steps the second time, right? And and you'll get to the close um, faster. So, okay. So, you, you, so we got our five steps. I feel ama- amazing about that. Thank you so much. Um, I want to talk about, you said you have, I know you have several books, right? You have I the, do. Okay. Can, so can you tell us just the names of those books? And then, um, we actually have a little ebook treat, right. For the audience. We do. Yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. Absolutely.
1: So I do have, I have three, I have three books and I have an ebook, so I don't count the ebook as a fourth book, but it is there, um, which I'm going to give to the audience. So my first book is called six or six word lessons on influencing with grace. It's actually um, something I wrote before I started my business. It's a lot of little tips around NLP. So if you have any interest in neuro-linguistic programming, it's a good place to start. It's a super fast read. My second book is Buying Signals, Converting Casual Conversations into Sales. And I really dig deep into 17 Buying Signals. Um, And then the third book is really a very comprehensive sales book. And it's called The Selling Staircase, Mastering the Art of... um, what is it? Mastering the Art of Sales Conversations, I think is what it's called. All of a sudden, my brain what is it? I should know. It's actually sitting here right now. Um, sorry. It's actually called Mastering the Art of Relationship Selling. Jeez, Nikki. I'm awake. I promise.
0: Um, guys, this is coronavirus week that we're recording this. So look, everything is forgiven. It's a crazy week.
1: Thank you. Um, Thank you for the grace. (laughs) Uh, But for your listeners, I do have a book called Closing the Sale. And it really kind of focuses on that discovery proposal, and then close language. So there's some language suggestions in there. And it's all about building your confidence around the sales, like the selling process. So that is something I'd love to offer to your audience as a gift. So you can get this for free, you can download it by going to yoursalesmaven.com forward slash social sunshine. There's no space, it's all lowercase. So yoursalesmaven.com forward slash social sunshine. And that will be my gift for you as a listener. I'd love for you to get the book and um, take and use the, the tips and techniques and the language in there.
0: Okay. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we will also include the the link to that, of course, and everything everywhere, all over our stuff, all over the internet. So everybody can easily find that. And I would also love it if you would share how people can connect directly with you. So like where they can find you on social media. Um, your website is clearly your com Dot com, yeah. Um, yeah. But where can everybody find you if they want to connect and kind of follow your journey?
1: So I tend to hang out mm-hmm. most on... Facebook, a little bit on Instagram and on LinkedIn. So you can, those are kind of the three main places that I hang out. Um, Facebook, because I have a membership site and we have a we actually have a group that's specific to my membership. So I'm in there daily, multiple times a day, answering questions for my members. Um, so Facebook, you can just find me at Nikki Roush, or you can find me at your salesmaven. Or your sales, your salesmaven. Same on Instagram, you can find me as Your salesmaven And on LinkedIn, you can find me as Nikki Roush. Like I'm kind of pretty consistent. Okay,
0: great. Well, um, they will find you. They will find you you. (laughs) and send her a message. Tell her that you heard her uh, on the show. Um, Please please don't forget about getting that ebook. Thank you so much for that offer. I know it's going to just really provide a lot of value. I know my listeners, I know you guys, I know you guys are excited about all of this. It's extremely helpful to us. So thank you. Thank you so much for taking your time. I know it's valuable and I'm so happy to meet you and hopefully I want to have you back. Come back another time. Okay. I'd love to. Thank you so much for having me on. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay. What did I say? How great was that interview, you guys? Oh my gosh. I'm so thankful to Nikki for being here, for giving us so much good information. She's really a cool gal. Um, Don't forget, go get the free ebook. Go to yoursalesmaven.com slash social sunshine to get Nikki's ebook, closing the sale. It's going to be such a great, valuable tool for you and your business. I'm so excited about that. You guys, I'm so thankful for Niggy. I'm so thankful for you being here at the show with me week after week. Thank you so much. I hope you'll join me on social media. It's always a good time. <laughs> Look me up Brittany Crossan on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on TikTok. You want to, you want to come see the show? come on over to TikTok and check it out. <laughs> and don't forget to grab the course for your business. Okay. The, the, uh, the live trainings in the Facebook group start this week. So to get that course, go to Brittany dot slash small biz social school. Okay. You guys, uh, it's about time for a glass of wine. So I'm going to get out of here. I hope you have a good one and I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to today's show, y'all. For more information about the podcast, go to socialsunshinepodcast.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and subscribe to the Social Sunshine Podcast YouTube channel. For more information about me, go to britneycrossin.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TikTok. The Social Sunshine Podcast is a Fun Love Media production, funlovemedia.com. Bye.